politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Adam! Da? Travis? Что? Whoa. Did it happen? Have we been hacked? Maybe. Is this Adam or is this... You're wonderful, you're beautiful, okay, I love Adam. you, you're wonderful. <laughs> What's up this week? Anything interesting happened in the news? I mean, like, I don't know, World War III or anything like that? Russia's invasion of Ukraine showing no signs of slowing down. The well, Travis, you sent us something that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it looks like the uh, Conti ransomware gang is uh, kind of all over the place. They uh, are having some internal fighting, it looks like. Some people are claiming they've been hacked. Um, they're, yeah, there's, uh, they're having a very public, uh, squabble amongst themselves. That's interesting because they are kind of the, the next version of sliced bread since Darkseid went quiet, correct? Yeah, that's right. And they, uh, actually previously, um, announced their support for Russia and the Russian government and their actions in Ukraine. Hmm. Are they Russian? Uh, presumably. Hmm. Well, they could, they could be walking, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible and That's it looks great. and it looks like some of, of their some of their members are trying to walk back what they said but uh but i'm not um, really following this what happened exactly um a conti member uh apparently has leaked the data from the conti ransomware gang including um evidence of some of their uh, targets and hacks why I think they're. Uh, I think they're actually. It looks like they're divided over the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Wow. Huh. You know, often, oftentimes, hacking organizations do take the side of underdogs. Right, and it's uh, a lot sure. of the hacking groups that we think of as being Russia-based are actually more Eastern European-based. So they could mm -hmm. be across multiple countries. So you could have some people with allegiance to uh, one specific country or one area and uh others it could have ukraine it could have ukrainian members too so right or it could end up being a uh, really weird um con on their part just to say like hey we've leaked our data please download it um, well certainly if they say and they did in what we saw it said click this link for the data dump and it's like no everyone told us never click a link what, yeah don't click me? that link yeah no, it sounds more. It sounds more like you know, like a South Park episode where like Stan's like, "Screw you guys, I'm going home," and you know, but one's home is uh, Kharkiv and the other's is Moscow, and they're just not getting, you know, not able to work together anymore. I mean, that seems like the most obvious answer. Although there have been many people in Russia that 
once they kind of found out what was going on, if they were able to get enough information to find out what's going on, have been mortified by what's going on. Yeah, and I think the thing that's interesting is uh, there have been a lot of uh, cases in the past where hacking groups have been attacking one another and they're uh, releasing their uh, ransomware code and they really said decryptors from their competitors. This is the first time I've seen a major ransomware group having a very, very public internal squabble. An, an example of this is when certain hacking groups uh, said that during COVID, they would not attack medical facilities or research facilities. And other hacking groups said, well, maybe you, not us. Yeah, time will tell ultimately. But uh, for the time being, people are going over their chat logs because they're pretty extensive. What's What are you seeing in there? Um, a lot of it is talking about their, uh, their victims that we don't really know about yet. So uh, there are a few things in there, a few companies that mm -hmm. have been hacked, or at least they uh, say they've been hacked. Oh, God. Um, by the Conti gang that uh, has it hasn't been made public yet or they haven't uh, struck yet. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that these are companies that have already been affected by ransomware, but they haven't been attacked, that they're, it's in place? Right. They're, so they're, they're mentioned as victims or targets. So they might be future targets. They might be current targets that don't know about it yet. Um, right. Again, it's still, uh, it's a lot to sort through and it's... Uh, I can't say with any kind of certainty because of the fact that these are, uh, you know, they've been so tricky in the past that who knows. It, I'm, I'm interested in finding out, certainly. Our episode today involves someone who was a guest here already who really had things pretty well locked down. And all of a sudden, strange things started happening coming from the land of, this is really tricky. I don't know. Yeah, that seems to be the theme this week. You know, what's happening? Don't ask me. <laughs> and with that, welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam Levin, chairman of the Cyber Insecurity Guilt Society. I'm Bo Friedlander, plain old insecure about this part of the show. And I'm Travis Taylor, CEO of the Grumpy Basement Dwellers. I, I want to point out that if you listen to our holiday episode, we talked to, <laughs> yeah, we talked to a bunch of people who'd been on the show last year. And um, uh, I think we took bets actually on who we thought was going to get hacked this year based on, you know, what they had told us. And we put dates on it, right? Um, Travis, who, who, who was your like sure thing? gonna get hacked my sure thing was roy he uh really seemed like he was uh you know <laughs> about to get got i think my uh, prediction was by valentine's day right 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 and adam who'd you have i think i had roy you did and i also had roy we had roy because we were like hey roy so did you change your passwords no no do you turn off your computer at night no no have you changed anything ah. no Nothing. Uh, so we were like, right, you're going to get hacked. And he was like, okay. We we're like, we'll have you back on the show. As it turns out, we were wrong. It's Noah Wilker who's back again. Noah, welcome back to What the Hack. Thank you. It's wonderful to be back. You? <laughs> you were like the dude. 
Your your wife works at Experian. You saw the, the, the scam on the boat thing coming from a mile away. You're the last person we thought would be back on the show. You had the ark, Noah, and yeah. all of a sudden, the ark sprung a leak. Okay. What? And no more jokes at Noah's expense. Now, he's nodding. <laughs> he's nodding. <laughs> nodding doesn't come across very well in audio. So what happened? What happened? I mean, first of all, I am so sorry to let you down by being back on this show. We love you. We're glad to have you. <laughs> we back. love you. Luff. L-U-F-F. Luff. <laughs> when I noticed the first clue... It was the first week of January, and we had just returned from the Galapagos in Ecuador. This was a credit card that I never, ever use. I only used it in Ecuador because they didn't take American Express. So the, the credit card that I first noticed was compromised was a, my MasterCard. And I came home and I got immediate alerts from MasterCard saying, we've noticed suspicious activity. Please review this. And, you know, we're looking into it. And the suspicious activity was the series of like one cent charges yep. at these mm -hmm. online malls. And I thought, all right, that's clearly not me. They're handling it. What did not get my attention was the $1.25 charge at the U.S. Post Office. Then I just figured these are all really random charges. They're clearly not mine. They're handling it. The who's, who's the they? The Bank, fraud department at MasterCard? Uh, the Ma Citibank, right. Citibank, okay. So they said they would send me a new card. They were going to mail it. So I'm waiting for my new card and I'm waiting for my new card. And then 10 days goes by and I don't have this card. And so I called them back and they said, that's really strange. We mailed it out 10 days ago. We'll FedEx you one. I've got it FedEx right away. Now you're home, you're home now. You're home now. They sent it to you at your home. At home. It landed where it was supposed to land. From FedEx. Gotcha. Correct. It did not come in the mail. So then, like two weeks later, we got a, a like a new utility bill with one of those yellow forwarding stickers on it. Uh-oh. So it was addressed to me. It came to me, but it had a yellow forwarding sticker on it. I didn't even notice it. And I put it, I just put it on the side. So Did then, you see, wait, did you see where it was being forwarded? Oh, I didn't even look at it. I didn't care. I was like, that's weird, but I got it. I, I couldn't understand. Okay. I, I didn't. Did not compute anything at all. Okay. Because again, I, I, I had no idea what had happened to me on a, on a large scale here. I'm going to get to that envelope in a minute. And, it, and, and we are putting a pin in it. Pin in the envelope in Noah's yeah. quirk. Yeah. Gotcha. Other than that, everything is life as usual. I'm cruising along. We go to, I'm out to dinner with my wife and uh, my cell phone's ringing and ringing and I don't recognize it, but the call keeps coming. So I decide I should answer it. And it is a sales manager. And mind you, this is like at seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Sales manager at a Kia dealer up in Milford. 
They should have known you'd never buy a Kia. I don't know. Now I really want to, but I'll tell you the story. <laughs> so this guy starts asking me really personal and strange questions urgently. Like, is this Noah Wilker? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who are you? You know, he tells me he's a sales manager. His name is Dave or something at this dealer. Mm-hmm. And he asks me, what's my middle name? And where do I live? And so I'm like, I don't really know who you are. What, why would I tell you these things? And he said, there is somebody in the dealer here claiming to be you. He has your driver's license. He has your social security number. We did a credit check on him. And something is not right. And we are calling you to make sure that this is you that I'm talking to. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Okay, and the perp, the perp had your driver's license. Did I hear you say that right? You did. So he had my driver's license with his picture in it. And your address. It, it, Bo, it was my, my driver's license with his picture in it. So the hair was changed, the eyes were changed in the text. 
the picture was a red flag to the dealer because it was a almost a full body picture. Huh. And oh, all right. So the dealer called me up and he said, "Look, I know you don't know me. I know this sounds weird, but there's this guy's in here with all of your whole life and he's trying to buy a car and he wants to ship it to Columbus, Ohio." I thanked the person. I didn't really understand what was going on, but I went home. I got on Experian, I got on Equifax, I got on TransUnion. Right. I saw immediately that I was carrying a Bank of America credit card that I don't didn't open, a Chase credit card that I didn't open. And I I panicked and then you know the 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 Kia there were all of these credit checks from different credit card companies. So I went in immediately and I filed all these, you know, fraud claims. I froze my credit account, put a fraud alert on everything. And I got to work. And then I started to add it up and then Rita came in with the envelope. And she said, "You know the ad- the address on that envelope from the utility company with the forwarding was Columbus, Ohio." Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, "No effing way." <laughs> Uh, what happened with the guy at the uh, dealership? Did they call the cops or anything? Or? I called the dealer back the next day and I asked them. The receptionist knew immediately what I was talking about and who had called me. And I asked them if they had called the police. Were there any cameras on the front of the building? Is there anything else? You know, did they, did they get anything? No, there's no cameras in front of the building. No, they did not call the police. That's like up to me if I want to do that. It's so strange. They didn't have camera. They didn't have security cameras in the dealership. That's very strange. Huh. They normally it's do. Un, it's unusual. Yeah. It's really unusual. And I'm, I, I'm not sure what that's all about. But yeah. Yeah. I called the Milford Police Department and told them immediately, like, this happened. Someone's walking around trying to buy a car in my name. Right. I'm sure there's cameras on the front of this place. Can you please go check it out? I'm basically reporting a, you know, a crime. And they said, first of all, you're reporting an attempted crime. And you need to be reporting it to your local police department. And this starts my cycle of like complete dissatisfaction with law enforcement. They don't want to do it. And the reason they don't want to do no, it they is don't. because it's like, if you go to the police department and they say, not my job, you say... I'm sorry, sir, because it's always a dude. You're going to have to do it. I'm convinced if it had been a female cop, she would have been like, I'll do my job. But the dude is like a lazy bum. And sorry, lazy bums out there, but you shouldn't be lazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I so I, I got some traction at my local police department. Good. A, a report was filled out. I showed them the envelope with the address. I showed them the, the picture of the, the dealer showed me a picture of the license that was presented. Mm-hmm. basically my license with this fella's picture in it. He had Xeroxed it. And, uh, you know, he said, there's really not much we can do about this. And you, you know, shut down all your credit and do all the things with the credit reporting agencies I already did. They'll kick it up to the, the detective that handles this kind of stuff. Yeah. Even if they say there's nothing I can do about it, your response at a, at a credit reporting agency is you need a police report uh, even if they can't do anything about it for the simple reason that this is additional documentary evidence. 
that if you have to make your case anywhere, say, look, I reported it to, I've done this, 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 and this. I have all of these records and here's the police report. As a matter of fact, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion can't do anything. They cannot even begin investigating until you present them with a police report. So noted. That's absolutely right. You need to, you absolutely need to have a police report. I was lucky to, I have a case number. I have mm-hmm. somewhere around here, the police report, but that was very slow to come. And that, that didn't come for literally weeks. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I'm just sort of going through the motions. Where else do I need to go? The post office. I need to go to the post office and make sure my mail is, somebody forwarded my mail without me even knowing it. I got no notice that this happened. And that, guys, is a really scary piece of this. Somebody can forward your mail. They can do it online. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know about it. Anyone Yes, can. you're supposed to get a mail, like a, a notification to the original address. When did you notice that your mail was being forwarded? I didn't notice at all until I saw that envelope. And Rita brought it up, and I and it had only been a couple of weeks that we were back from our trip, and then I realized, wow, I, I actually haven't gotten any personal mail because Adam, it was a personal, it was an individual forwarding. Just you. They didn't forward the whole house; they forwarded Noah's mail. Oh. So mail was coming to the house, just not anything with my name on it. And it was forwarded to the Columbus, Ohio address, or where? It was Columbus, Ohio. So now this sort of cascade of things is happening with me internally about all of my bank statements, mm-hmm. all of my you know investment accounts, anything tax related that might be going to this individual, and I'm losing my mind. And obviously, a big takeaway from this is go paperless on all of your bank statements and financial documents. Well, that that's true, except if you go purely digital, it's possible that someone could get you as you're operating, you know, in, on the internet. The, the other thing, which I think is important, and I know people shudder when they think of this, but uh, did you go to the IRS and get your PIN number? Yep. Good. Yeah. And I was really reluctant to do that. And I'm telling you, and anytime you call up Equifax or Experian, first thing that they ask for is your social security number. And you just, you tremble at the thought of giving that out to anybody. I, I, you know, it was very difficult to deal with the post office and get that resolved. And I had to go to the post office inspector online and fill out a report and then you get a you get a case number with that as well. So I've got the police case number. I've got the post office case number. And um, thankfully, at the end of the day, the post office was pretty cool. And you know, I was able to talk to my individual mail carrier here. She told me what happened and told me it, it was resolved. And I, you know, I've got my mail back. They did not tell me anything about what they were going to do about it, or how anybody's going to follow up on how it happened or what's at that address. So obviously I'm Googling this address like crazy, trying to figure out who lives there. And I've come to find that it's a a young guy from Ghana. And then I come to find that there was a recent um, bust in Columbus of 
a, a, an identity theft ring that's being run out of Columbus by a bunch of guys from Ghana. And it was a Columbus and San Diego operation where they were buying cars and basically shipping them to Ghana and selling them over there. And it was, it was really elaborate, but it didn't really satisfy my need to know why this was still going on. So, I, I mean, I, obviously that's very, very circumstantial lay person of information, but it, it, you, you're, you become so obsessed and you want the information and you want to know what's happening and who these people are that have violated you like and rocked your world completely to the point that you can't work, you can't do anything until you are satisfied. Like your life is completely under control and not exposed. And also, obviously, you want to know what happened. Like, how did these people get my driver's license? How did these people get my credit card? Credit card's easy. Driver's license, I, I have no idea. Social security number, no idea. There was the company that does emissions tests for the state of Connecticut did get breached last year. No kidding. The uh, information included VIN numbers, social security numbers, oh. um, names and addresses. What about driver's licenses? Yep. But yeah, there's a class action suit. So if you're part of that, you wow. can <laughs> sign up for it. But that that could be the uh, smoking hey, gun here. But also could be the, the the trumpet fanfare for like, yay. You know, and then he lived happily ever after because he got to join the class action suit and get a check for five dollars and seventy-five cents after the lawyers get super rich off of it. Right. Maybe I know the lawyers. Well then you, you might. never know. Better yet. Better yet. So I think one of the things that's really interesting is when, when I am trying to correct some of these things, specifically the, the, the credit card issues, in, and if you don't have a bank account with Bank of America, for example, you're not going to get on the phone with anybody at Bank of America. It's that simple. You can't do an online chat. You can't report fraud. You can't do anything without a, a bank account number. That's the first thing in the automated phone tree that will get you in or prevent you from getting in. Well, wait, wait. I, I, so, I know with a lot of these financial institutions, they will ask you for either a credit card number or a bank account number. I don't have either one of those things. What I have is the knowledge that's that someone opened a bank of America credit card in my name, it's on my credit report, but I don't have the, the account number. Okay. So, so I'm in a frame of mind right now at that time where I don't know who I'm talking to on the phone oh. and I'm, I'm in such a paranoid frame of mind I don't know if I'm talking to a fraudulent person or what. I'm just talking to these very robotic people. I wound up going down to the branch where I live and speaking with an actual individual. That was the only way I was going to have any sort of security feeling. Like I want no, to talk yeah, to listen, a person. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And here's something else that that we found in a lot of cases: bank secrecy or privacy protections also apply to the person who stole your information 
and open a credit card in your name. That's how crazy it is. Right, right. It's true. As this story unfolds, and again, we thought you were one of the most locked down people in the world, and my sense is this has nothing to do with you. It's just simply that there's information out there about you, and people have to really grok this, because so many people go, nobody cares about me. Well, the truth is, yeah, they do, because you got something they want, and once they get it, they're going to turn your life into a living hell, because they don't care. Right. It's not their problem if your life is disrupted. Yeah, when when we say it's not a question of if but when, yeah. This is you are this is the ultimate illustration of the point that they will ultimately find you when they get to you and they will do whatever they can, they will exploit you in any which way they can, and they don't care. But it's so unfair. Really this is supposed to be Roy. <laughs> Jeez, I wish it was Roy. No offense, man. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rope's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I will have to say, though, Adam, that it doesn't sound like Noah had it all locked down. And if I'm wrong, I would love to stand, you know, stand corrected here. But Noah... On your Experian TransUnion and um, Equifax accounts, did you have your credit frozen when these crimes were occurring? No, and that's, and that's a completely fair, uh, fair point. Never occurred to me. Yeah, and you know, the, I'll tell you something else. The the you slipped in a tiny little nugget about closing your computer down at night. Mm -hmm. Never did that either. Yep. So. You know, there are a lot of things to know that you need to do. I, it, 
unless it happens to you or, or, and, or you are a subscriber to this podcast, <laughs> you don't really think about it that much. Yeah. Beyond, I mean, honestly. Yeah. But you know, if you've had a leak in your house ever, uh, you know, the water can be coming from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so you get into this mindset of really trying to lock it down. Like, could it be, if, if it's, you know, you're going to do the roof, you're going to do your flashing, you're going to look for trouble around the, the soffits. You're going to really look and make sure the siding mm-hmm. is, is, is sound. Um, but if you haven't had a leak, you're not going to do that. Right. No, it's, it's kind of like in particular your irrigation system, right? You could, you think you got it and then somewhere else is wet, even though you <laughs> shut your system off. <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't really, I hadn't actually thought about it that way. It's because you're in the I desert. I have an irrigation man. system. That's so, a- that, so that's why, <laughs> so that's why with an irrigation system, you, especially in Arizona, if you don't have an irrigation system, even the cactus are pissed off at you. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's a thing where it's like, where, you know, when they say you got to shut off all the water, we have to pressure test and figure out where this is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the, when you lock down your credit, when you get those credit freezes, it's not a thousand percent for sure, but it's about ninety percent sure that you're going to keep pretty much most people out. Yep. So Noah, at this moment in history, do, like, do you feel safe? Do you feel like this is under control, or you still feel like that sort of knot in your stomach that you know what's the next shoe? <laughs> um. A sort of a balance of both of those things. I, I, I'll never feel secure again, like completely peaceful about it. But I do feel like, knock on wood, the worst of it's over. I mean, I feel like I dodged a, a, a little bit of a bullet because there was no great financial exp- uh, loss to me. There was a lot of attempt but I wasn't on the hook or trying to mitigate somebody who had rung up 10 or $20,000 in my name. Um, so that's sort of a small silver lining, but I'll never feel easy about anything. I mean, anytime I talk to someone on the phone, anytime I have to give out a social security number, it's going to be traumatizing. Well, and not only that, but think about, and and this is, our listeners really have to think about this when they weigh, do I really want to do all those things that are going to protect me between passwords and credit freezes and two-factor authentication is, in in your case, as an example, Noah, your your time is valuable. This is costing, every time you divert from A, living your life, so you enjoy it, B, whatever, you know, the work that you're doing, family time, all of this is value. This is money. It may be spiritual money, but it's money. When I spoke to Noah, when this was going down, I've known Noah for, uh, I mean, we haven't been in touch the whole time, but I, I've known Noah a long time. But the, the thing I'll tell you is I've never seen Noah shaken. And you were shaken by this to the very, your very core. You know, it was, you told me when I said, 
you know, I had someone who might be able to help you. You're like, well, how do I know he's who he says he is? And, and I know that feeling because you don't want to authenticate yourself to anyone. And, and I thought, Adam, I actually thought that was br- a brilliant move to just go to the brick and mortar establishment and say, that's it. I need to, I know you work for this company now and I got your name. And so if I get screwed with again, you're going down, buddy, because you feel like you do feel like Bruce Willis in a vigilante movie. After well, well, this happens. Bo, did you remember in an earlier episode with Joyce where yeah. somebody was attacking her online during her mock Yeah, and her game. husband, your friend. And her husband, Jerry, went down to the Chase Bank branch in town. Slammed the brakes. And, yep, immediately. Yep. So that is, I, I had never thought about that being a, a strategy, but it, it does, you know, you're a man of action, Noah, and... Um, in, that was the right move. That was absolutely the right move. I will say this though. Um, we put a pin in that envelope a while ago. Rita took the pin out and brought it over to you in the middle of the show. And I want to just look at that envelope for a second because, you know, that envelope was the glitch in the matrix. That was the one piece of information you had that was capable of of at least opening your eyes to the fact that something was afoot and the other piece of this is the one thing the glitch in the matrix it's great if you can see it but the better thing is if you have your credit frozen because adam knows when when i got uh scammed you know when an identity thief had my social security number and was trying to do things with it I got my PIN number from the IRS, my annual PIN, and I get it the day that it's released. That's always what I do. I have it, I have it in my calendar to get it when the day they make it available. And, um, and it's, it's a repeating thing in my calendar until the day I die. Um, the other thing that I, I can tell you is that because my credit was frozen, I got probably, I would come into Adam's office every time I got one. I got like 20 or 30 letters. They wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop. It was like Adam with the ratings on the show. They wouldn't stop trying to get credit. Ratings. <laughs> so, yeah, if you haven't rated the show yet, Noah, please go on Apple Podcasts and give it five stars because he really does like them. It makes him very happy. But Even, Bo, even if if Noah, Noah can contact the guy that stole his identity, maybe he could give us a rating too. <laughs> Uh, so I'm looking a little bit more into this uh, data breach that uh, uh, compromised the information from the Connecticut DMV. And um, not sure if this is going to make you feel any better, but the CEO of the company that got breached said he apologized for any inconvenience. Oh. So, <laughs> F him. Uh, All's forgiven. You know, the healing process can now begin. You know, it's so weird to me that that never made any sort of news headlines around here. I certainly never heard about it. And... It's complete news. I've never heard anybody talk about that. And well, the term is uh, breach fatigue, just because for so long there's been so many data breaches, uh, so many places getting hit with malware, so many records showing up in the dark web that it's not, um, it's not quite as newsworthy anymore. Everybody is suffering through breach fatigue. Everybody. They're just so tired of hearing about all the different breaches that it becomes like white noise. And And the point of this show is... You can't be fatigued. You really have to understand this goes on every day. Mm -hmm. And however bad you think it might be to be a victim, 
it may not be even half as bad as you think it is. You got to be like the person who's walking the marathon, but just right. finish, just keep going, even if you're not <laughs> yeah. jogging anymore. An interesting point is also that, you know, do we get breathing fatigue? No. No. I mean, and so the whole concept of cyber hygiene, protecting ourselves as well as we can, understanding that our data is most likely out there due to data breaches, which have become the third certainty in life, is that we need to keep breathing. Well, you know what? We also need to exercise cyber hygiene, best practices, our whole lives, because there'll always be somebody out there, always, that is going to try to find one crack or crevice because we have lives, and for these folks, we are their life. We are their day job. Okay, wow, that was so unexpected. I bet there's a lot of people out there who do not understand credit freezes. And specifically, I bet you that they, they, they could worry, like, well, this is very difficult, or it seems like a pretty harsh measure to take. Like, surely I don't need to take so much caution when it comes to my identity. Adam? What do you think about credit freezes? Are they really that hard? I think credit freezes are really important. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's not something you do instantly. It takes, you know, a few minutes. You need to go to the websites of each of the three credit reporting agencies because each one has a little bit different twist on what you need to do. Yeah, and yeah. Unlike a, unlike a fraud alert where you go to one and it's automatically transmitted to the other two, this one really does require you to show up at the reporting agency websites and follow their instructions, uh, not only for your credit, but also for your children's credit, which is so important to do. Yeah, and the other thing about it is, I, I can tell you, because I, you know, I use credit freezes, that the different uh, companies have, they do have a slightly different system. And what I do, and everybody's got a different way of keeping their stuff safe, I keep, um, the information about how I have a, a zip drive that I call, um, don't uh, tell the, us what you call it. I call it the defroster and it is, um, I keep the defroster in my safe and, ah. and it's actually, so it's a, it's, a, it's just a zip drive. It's, it lives in my safe. I have a safe. Um, and, and sometimes where, you live in your safe, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> well, that's when I'm, when Guinevere's mad at me, but the, um, but the, <laughs> it's just safer in there. Ha <laughs> ha. Anyway, the, um, the, I just keep, I keep it there. And the reason I keep it there is because I did once get locked out. I froze myself out of my, my, my credit. And that took actually a day to undo. So you don't want to freeze yourself out. No, that's true. But in response to the other question, which is, what is it? What does yeah. it do for you? Yeah. Uh, it really protects you against someone opening new accounts in your name, which is very important. What it doesn't do is it won't lock up existing credit cards that you have. For instance, you can credit a credit freeze doesn't do that. But what what it does is uh, any time that someone is attempting to open an account in your name, 
or they need for someone to actually go and look at your credit for whatever is going to be done by that individual or that credit extender, uh, that it's frozen even as to you, unless you unlock it with the password pin that you use in order to do it. So when you open a new account though, this is a little tricky. Um, cause you know, I, I recently got a mortgage and I had to do this. What I would do and what you can do is you find out from the person pulling your credit, which agency they're pulling it from. Yes. Cause correct. they know. Yep. And then you open that one. And when you open it, you unfreeze it. You can go to the, the, there's a, there's a special portal for doing it. And you can set the time and you can literally, if you want to be a hard ass about it, say, hey, I'm going to open it from 2 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. on this date. That's your window. Get it done. It's great to be able to say to someone like the biggest bank in the world, hey, my credit's going to be open for 30 minutes and they're going to go, that's nice. But we're going to we're going to go and look when we want to go look. No, they actually that's not true. They actually did it now. But you have to set it up and you do have to say, like, I take this stuff really seriously. When I send my wire, I'm going to call you. You have to understand because you still have a personal touch nowadays. There's still somebody who's in charge of your account. And that is I make it clear from the get go when I'm doing business with a bank. I'm very paranoid about this stuff. I am going to be exacting and I'm sorry in advance, but you're going to have to jump through these hoops. I find it almost erotically arousing <laughs> to hear you speak in such That's draconian so terms disturbing. when referring to trillion dollar organizations. But it is true. I mean, if you have a good relationship with someone at the institution. Yeah, uh, manager. That's good. But yeah. you really need somebody. It's not like you're going to call the the customer service rep on this one. No, but it's not like you're Rocky Balboa in, in Rocky one, leaning out the window going like, you know, I, I'll call your, I'll call Polly and tell him you're going to be home later. Hey, Paulie, he's going to be home later. Yo, you know, Adrian. Not, you're not calling the bank like, yo, bank. You, you're calling a person. So you can ask, you can ask. The, but the appropriate word is ask. Yeah. You have to request, not demand. It's true. That is correct. Demanding doesn't work. No, nope, people don't like it. Gets them very upset. They do. You have to be a nice little bunny with your paws up like so and ask nicely with your I'm, nose. I'm, I, I can see Travis is actually looking sad just when he hears you demanding things. He's, he's not like that. I don't think so. I thought he thought the bunny was cute. Maybe so. I mean, bunnies are cute, but yeah. But I'm so, so listen, speaking, <laughs> speaking of asking... We'd really, oh! we, I'm not going to sing. I'm not singing. I am not singing. Bo singing. Uh, I'm, we're asking that if you, if you found this episode incredibly exciting, scintillating, and terrifying at the same time. And informative. And, and you feel a kinship with Noah, whose ark almost sank through mm -hmm. no fault of his own, um, we'd love you to come to wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating because that helps people find us. And it's, what do you it's, mean a rating? You mean like, just give us five stars and say we're awesome. That would be awesome. If you awesome. gave us five stars and said we were awesome. Okay. Well, that was the gentlest ask. I think I've ever heard you make for this. Wow. He's, he's, he's starting to ask. He's starting to ask and not demand. I'm becoming the kinder, gentler Adam.
the podcast rating bunny. And with that, we're going to freeze this podcast. And we really appreciate you spending your time with us today. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.